Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit PlanetBroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast. My name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coons. And we're coming to you live and direct from King's Comics in Sydney, 310 Pitt Street, Sydney. Come visit us if you're ever in town. If you can't make it here, though, kingscomics.com is the place where you go to find every single comic that we talk about on the podcast. podcast. The podcast. It's the the smell version. (laughs) The podcast. Or, nah. I was going to like do like a Pong arcade joke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, imagine how good it would have been. Imagine. <laughs> Put that together in your heads. Uh, so, Serious Issues, not a comic book about Pong. Actually, a, not even a, a, not even not a even comic, comic book. book. It's a, it's a uh, podcast about comic books, specifically the comic books that came out last week. Yep. But before we talk about the comic books that came out last week, let's talk about the comics that are coming out this week, specifically one. Da, 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 da. Ba, 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 da. Batman 50. Batman 50. Will they get and married? Tom King is riding a depressing <laughs> wedding. <laughs> Perfect. That's beautiful. Look, guys, no matter what happens in this issue, and we all assume it's going to go really well, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be a beautiful wedding. It's going to have some cake. Nothing's going to go wrong. Nothing. The marriage will probably end when they both die of natural causes. In 2021. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Regardless, imagine being ignore like the, the New like, York Times today. Imagine, yeah, imagine being like a like a comic book Nostradamus, and oh, yeah. the, the only thing that you are good at is predicting when comic book characters will die. Hey, that's useful. But then you you get genuinely surprised when they return, like yeah. three months later. <laughs> no, my useless power. <laughs> anyway, the point is, we're having a wedding, guys. Me, notorious wedding lover, Siobhan, has uh, planned a cute wedding. Just call in the Sh- store. Siobhan's been uh, demanding everyone refer to her as Frank. Yes, I don't know what that's in reference to. Never seen to. Father of the Bride? No. Father, what about Father of the Bride Part 2? Nope. Okay. I see it more as like um, that movie with Jennifer Lopez. The, the Wedding, wedding Planner? planner. That's me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm having a real deal. Some um, lovely King's Comics customers are getting their, uh, renewing their vows in costume, in cosplay. It's going to be really cute and fun. We're doing it Thursday, July 5th at 5.30 p.m., in King's Comics, come along. It's going to be really good fun. I have some a lot of people coming along in costumes, so it's going to be a big, silly event. We're going to have cake. There's going to be romance. What uh-huh. more do you want? For well, your what about an exclusive uh, King's oh, yeah. Comics cover? That too. For Batman 50. By uh, Guillaume March, the um, Gotham City Sirens 
and many artists other things. And art and yeah. other things. But it's a good cover. I like it. It's got yeah. the sort of uh, take on the Spider-Man kiss almost. So that'll be available at King's exclusively? Yes. Um, and again, it's 310 Pitt Street this Thursday, July 5th. Come watch people get married uh, in costume. I assume it's Batman and Catwoman, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, was that, like, what if they were like, we want to be Black Canary and Green Arrow? You're like, no, 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 not this time. Originally, they <laughs> were like, chance. we want to get, um, we were thinking of doing it just as various Doctor Whos. <laughs> and I was like, mm, that doesn't really work for me. <laughs> I Could kind of you love do that. Batman and Catwoman. I hope they troll you and do that anyway. <laughs> that like be really just good. before they say I do, they rip off the latex <laughs> and they've got like a I don't know a scarf. Oh, the fuck does yes, that do? Absolutely, and then scarf she, and like, a coat phases through his hand and okay. disappears through the. Remember huge mashup. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's fine. Remember from the last comic book wedding. Yeah, it's good. Um, so that is this Thursday. But enough about this Thursday. Yes. Let's talk about last Thursday, which is when I picked up all my comics for last week. Good job. I lied. It was Friday. Yeah. Well, almost a good segue. Um, so, uh, yeah, every single episode we begin uh, serious issues by reviewing all the new number ones that came out last week. Um, and we call this segment First Things First. Um, so if you're looking for a new series to sink your teeth into, don't worry. We're going to tell you which ones were the ones that you should definitely uh, come in and get. Yep. It's kicking off with uh, Marvel. Marvel released four comics with number one on them this week. Um, and the first one we're going to talk about is the return of... The not really that beloved ca- character, the Sentry. Hey, all right. Who has a new number one this week, uh, written by Jeff Lemire, with art by Kim Jacinto and colors by Rain Barreto. Um, what do you? What can you tell us about the Sentry, Siobhan? The Sentry is like the first example that I can think of a character that they kind of uh, tried to retrofit into the Marvel universe. So they were like, uh you all forgot about this classic character who always existed. The Sentry. Remember the Sentry? And it was um, very meta. Like, he, yes. he, his past. Like, no one no one within the Marvel Universe remembered him. Yes. At first. And then his past, like, tried to kill him. I don't know. Something, something weird. Don't and know, it's, right, essentially, right. he's like a Superman figure. But who, he's also got mental problems. Yeah. And he has within him the Void, which is a uh, the, pretty much... If he's the most powerful superhero, the Void is the most powerful villain. So, you can't have one without the other. Um, so he recently returned um, the century uh, mm-hmm. in Doctor Strange, uh, written by Donny Cates. Um, this is after he was uh, like a, a zombie version of himself um, that, that attacked the Uncanny Avengers during Rick Remender's run. Yeah, um, he was uh, he was killed during the siege event. Yes, which is actually a pretty fun Marvel event. Yeah, written by Bendis. Didn't like the Robo um, Robo Thor kill him? Yep, but right. he killed him he because killed he he ripped um, Ares uh, in yes. half. Good, real gory. Good moment. Um, so yeah, the Century uh, after returning um, in Doctor Strange is uh, has got his own book, um, and it's a very very different book than what we've seen before. Yeah, I've never read the origin story that I think Paul Jenkins wrote for him, but I know a lot of people hate that, okay. which is why I didn't read it. But uh, so this is a new series. Um, it's part one of five. Um, whether or not that's uh, just the arc or, or the series as a whole, whatever. This is the first book that um, Lemire has written for Marvel since uh, his X Men run finished mm-hmm. a little over a year ago. We didn't think he was going to return, but he did. Turns out, here he is. Turns out, can't get rid of him. Turns out Lemire has a has to write a minimum of fifty books a week, a month. Absolutely, and do a really good job at it. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> this was actually really, really fun. Um, basically, uh, the Century, aka Bob Reynolds, um, is living a boring day to day nine to five uh, job in a mm-hmm. diner mm-hmm. with his son. Yep. Um, is it a son or is it just a small friend? Anyway, I another s- man. Yeah, you're right. Maybe it's not his son. Someone, someone else who at one point was the Century sidekick. Yes. Um, and they are they're basically only living as their um, as their everyday man aliases. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Century returns home, he then has to enter Century World, which mm-hmm. is a kind of like augmented reality 
kind of, I guess, like computer, um, which is currently housing the void. Mm-hmm. And so every day he, he, when he returns home, he enters this century world and has to defeat the void to keep the void within this program. Yes. Um, and then goes... Within his bi- brain. Then he, then he doesn't sleep at all. He, co- he goes to work and he, you know, cooks shitty diner food. He's got a massive beer gut and gross beard. In fact, Kim Dissino does, does a very good job of making, you know, the usually platinum blonde muscle mm-hmm. dude century look as unappealing as possible. Yeah. When he's in his everyday uh, The colours by Rain Barretto are also perfect. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is just like a, like this, a very kind of different take. It reminds me a little bit of the vision almost, the uh, yeah. Tom King vision run. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be very... Uh, very set within its own world. It doesn't look like it's going to cross over into many other things through Absolutely. this run. Um, and it's very, like, grounded. Yeah, and we see... We see uh, bizarre way. Other heroes are trying to make sure he's, he's staying in line. Um, and he, almost he has to, like, kind of, like, report in mm-hmm. uh, to, to higher, higher power powers to make sure that, like, they know that he's uh, behaving and, and keeping the void in check. And um, that's represented by him getting a surprise visit from Misty Knight. Hell yeah. Who is uh, just really mean. Yep. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I love Misty Knight. Um, and at the end of the comic, um, he finds out that um, the Void has escaped. So oh, I guess this no. series is going to deal with that. Um, I thought this was really fun. I really enjoyed this issue. I think he nailed it. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of like stoked to see Lemire was doing another book for Marvel. Um, but I was like, the Century, I, I kind of like him now as just a, a, a bit character, like this mm. kind of like thing that Marvel tried too hard to ram down everyone's fo- throats that they decided just to kill off and kind of... I like the idea of him being around in comics. He was used really well in Doctor Strange, but I didn't know if I needed a series, new mm-hmm. series by him. But this isn't a superhero book. So I think that's no. why that's why it's going to work. Absolutely agreed. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, so if you're looking something a little left of center, um, it's pretty it's pretty dark and definitely is going to contain a huge slice of Jeff Lemire bummer. Absolutely. Um, which is, you know, that's why you read a Lemire book. No, you don't want to be happy. Just want to be sad. Um, oh. Yeah. I just thought of Sweet Tooth. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately got sad. Um, so, yeah, The Century, uh, issue number one, uh, doing good stuff over there. Uh, check it out. Uh, another number one that we got was uh, a new book written by uh, Matthew Rosenberg, who um, I first uh, started reading uh, via his uh, series from year before last when it started. Ten, uh, five kids, wa- four kids walk four into kids a bank. From Black Mask Studios. Um, and he did some other books for them too, which I read and really enjoyed. Um, and then he made his, uh, his move over to Marvel and uh, I've enjoyed some things he's done and other things I've enjoyed significantly less mm-hmm. because often it feels like he is, he's a, he's a very good comedy writer, basically. Mm. Um, and that is a big, you know, he's, he's, he's a, does a great, a great ability to balance drama and comedy um, and uh, a really natural ability to make characters genuinely funny in his stories. Absolutely. But I feel like a lot of Marvel books that he, that he, that he was given, like for example, his Punisher run, uh, apparently it's gotten quite good, but at the start of the run it was very uh, heavy-handed and serious. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, I haven't enjoyed many of the X-Men books he's done. But outside of those, I've enjoyed a lot of it. But I think his strength in doing superhero stuff definitely relies on his ability to inject comedy into the situation absolutely so, I also think one of the problems like one of the things that he was really amazing at at four kids into a, walk into a bank is the like structuring of a whole plot and I think that's mm. much harder to do in superhero comics because a lot of the time you don't know where you're going to end up or where you have to be at an end point sure. so I think maybe that's why sometimes his superhero stuff doesn't play as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so he uh, is making uh, a return to a new series, um, Multiple Man. Everyone's favorite bro, Multiple Man. I love Multiple Man. Yeah, you, were you being sarcastic? Loads of people. No, loads of people like Multiple Man. <laughs> He's great. I mean, I, I, X Factor by Peter David is 
maybe one of my like you know top three X Men related runs of mm-hmm, all time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even though I've not read the last twenty or so issues, the um, I love the the, the Madrox um, mini series that led into it is really really great. And um, and have you ever read any of that? No. Oh man, you'd love it so much. Yeah, I know. It, 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 I I love it on the same level that I love something like Gotham Central. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It is, it's, yeah, it's like superheroes doing something not particularly superhero I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Multiple Man um, is uh, is Jamie Madrox, um, who we uh, found out had died during mm. the Death of X event last year. He which was, was killed by the cloud. Which was actually the last thing that Jeff Lemire wrote for Marvel before uh. the century. Synergy. Um, and, um, yeah, um, it turns out not actually dead because Ma- uh, Madrox's abilities are to create multiple clones of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, dupes, if you will. Not mm-hmm. to be con- confused with D-O-O-P, the big green awesome alien, alien X-Men. The pickle guy. Um, D-U-P-E, duplicates. Mm. Um, so, Multiple Man number one, written by uh, Matthew Rosenberg, uh, features art by uh, Andy McDonald. Was Andy I- McDonald not his collaborator on Four Kids Walk Into a Bank? No. That was somebody else. Never mind then. Um, and uh, that's very different to Four Kids. Well, I don't really remember what Four Kids was like. It was a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> colors by Tamara Bonvillain. It just um, makes everyone look so like rosy-cheeked and beautiful. Yeah, just, like Tamara has an extensive uh, palette of pinks, mm-hmm. more so than any other colorist, and I love it. Absolutely. But uh, does uh, this is the darkest one of her books has looked, I think, but there's still like amazing pinks throughout it. Lots of good X-Men yellows as well. <laughs> yeah, um, and so this sees um, magic and strong, ma- strong guy. Um, break into a facility and find the last remaining uh, duplicate of Jamie Madrox. Um, and he uh, is alive, but but slowly deteriorating and dying. He's been living, he's been trying to figure out a cure to stop his body from deteriorating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this, after like a sweet little return kind of uh, uh, prologue, this just goes balls to the wall, like completely bonkers. Yeah. There's insane time travel stuff. There's like, you know, wacky science um and then there's also like multiple versions of madrox uh trying to kill each other and a crazy like hybrid deadpool wolverine with laser claws well who turns out to be madrox um so did you enjoy this did you have fun with this i really had fun with this i liked that this was just very knowingly silly um and uh and i think this this is just going to be a lot of fun going forward i think yeah i thought it was like a little bit too silly and i think Rosenberg sometimes in trying to make things like quirky and funny doesn't necessarily do the best job plot wise. So this felt a little bit all over the shop for me. I think I feel that when I read pretty much every X-Men time travel story. <laughs> so I was <laughs> like, oh, cool. Fair point. He's, uh, he's making fun of the X-Men time travel stuff. And normally it's done so serious. And like, I, I feel like we've been reading a lot of very serious superhero team time yeah. travel cosmic celestial being uh, stories lately. Like this feels like a, a nice antidote to the Justice League book at the moment, which is, you know, all these ridiculous uh, comic book tropes told very dead face, straight faced and deadpan whereas this is just like completely silly and um there is a moment where a jamie madrox hulk climbs out of a jamie madrox um cloak as in cloak and dagger That's yes pretty good. yeah really really fun um look I, I i have no idea where they're going to go with this series i can't imagine it's going to last you know more than six issues or so but yeah um this will be fun yeah i did, i am willing to give it a shot it was okay it was fine it was fine all right it was fine everybody she said it take a shot like that in a while <laughs> Uh, another number one from Marvel this week uh, is a new uh, series is the wrong word. Uh, basically, they're doing a bunch of uh, books featuring the Dora Milaje from Black Panther. 
Um, the, the book is going to be called Wakanda Forever, but each issue is going to be another Marvel hero slash Wakanda Forever. So this was uh, Amazing Spider-Man, Wakanda Forever, number one. Apparently the next one is going to be X-Men, Wakanda Forever, number one. And it features Dora Milaje teaming up with Spider-Man. To try um, and take down... Hydro-Man. No. I mean, yes, in this issue. But there's a, that, that other, the former Dora Milaje. Oh, it's Nakia. Nakia, who's like the big villain of this whole arc. Sure. I thought this was, like, fine. <laughs> but if, a different multiple, kind of yes, fine. Multiple man is, like, positive fine. Wakanda fine. Forever is, like, negative fine. fine. Uh, fine. This is uh, written by Nedi Okorafor, uh, with art by Alberto Albuquerque, colors by Eric Arciniega. Uh, um, and, uh, yeah, this, uh, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's set in bed style. It feels like a relic of the past, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it, it feels like a very, very classic um comic that doesn't really matter yeah um you know not that, that, i mean not that as much as not that it, but i mean like you know when you just kind of hand it like a regular random annual or something, yeah, or something yeah, from like yeah. from like 1989 um yeah i thought it was you know competent but a bit dull there you go um and i don't think i need to read any other crossovers even though i'm a big fan of the dora milaje characters i'm just a bigger fan of what tanahisi coates is doing with them or what uh roxanne gay did with them mm-hmm, in mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Uh, previous wakanda book Man, that was so good. I wish Roxanne Gay would come back to comics. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, my, I, look, I'll give a, a page. I'll give an issue. Just one page. I'll, I'll read one, one more page. Per issue. That's it. I, look, the art. The art being an, another thing that's quite dated about it. Yeah. There's something very like. Um, I think it's just maybe the inks. I don't know. Thousands. Yeah. 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 There was something throwaway about it. Mm. Um. It didn't. It wasn't really appealing. Yeah. Anyway. Agreed. Uh, final number one is one that I'm sure Siobhan didn't read. I didn't. Um, I keep up with this for, I don't know why, they keep tricking me into reading it um, as a number one, even though it's clearly just an ongoing series. It's called Marvel Superhero Adventures, um, and every single issue of these features Spider-Man teaming up with uh, different Marvel characters. It's an all-ages comic. Um, it's written uh, by Jim McCann with art by Dario Brizuela. Brizuela? Brizuela. Brizuela. You know, it's going to be an hour of me trying to name yeah. it. I have a friend who's Valenzuela, so maybe it's Brizuela. Let me see. That's a it should be it should be a lot easier. I don't know what it is about that. But it's pretty, you know, it's pretty short. Brizuela. Brizuela. Cool. All right. Seems fine. Uh, colors by Chris Sotomayor, um, and a great cover. Um, all these series always have great covers by um, Jacob Chabot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, superhero adventures. It's really simple one shots featuring Spidey and other Marvel heroes. This one features. Um, Ant-Man, the Ant- Ant-Man and his daughter, so um, Scott Lang and Cassie Lang, who is calling herself Stinger in this issue, plus cool. uh, a random team up with uh, Kate Bishop, a.k.a. Hawkeye. Um, and it's drawn in a really sweet kind of cutesy style, um, but the writing is just really strong. It kind of gives you a great introduction to all these characters, some of whom are quite... Uh, you know, a, a lot less known than your, you know, than all the than the, all the characters on the on the big screen. Yeah, um, it's cool to have like a really great explanation of who Kate Bishop is and what her, you know, quote unquote powers are. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And it's done really, really well. So, like, I don't know if you uh, if you have a, uh, a, a a someone younger in your life, or even just like someone older in your life who is confused by who all the superheroes are. The, this is a really good primer for that. Cool. Uh, it's called Superhero Adventures. It looks really cute. The art's great. Great covers. And um, the writing is simple for, like, simple enough for kids to read, but you, as an adult, I don't feel like an idiot reading it. Like, it doesn't, yeah. not everything's really spelt out. It's just like, it's just very straightforward and fun. Cool. So there you go. You look forward to me saying exactly the same things about the next issue of this. Can't wait. Um, which features Ms. Marvel and Lockjaw. Ah, I love the Lockjaw as like a Ms. Marvel pal now. Yeah, it's so real cute. good fun. 
Um, over to DC now, we've got the final uh, Batman prelude to the wedding. This one is Harley Quinn versus the Joker, number one. Um, written, these have all been written by Tim Seeley, uh, and art on this issue came via Sammy Basri with colors by Jessica Colin. Um, Such cute art. Yeah, this, uh, this so there was generally pretty good art on all of these issues. Um, They've actually done a pretty good job of these tie-ins. I think getting Tim Seeley to write all of them was a really smart call. So the whole time I've been like, what is this building up to? Because it's been like all these kind of like little stories that, that with, with an overlying plot about what's Joker doing. Uh, in the background of all of them as, as all the different Bat characters get ready for the wedding. Um, and this one uh, basically is like a fight that he has with Harley Quinn and then it ends with him walking into the church, yeah. which is what he where he ends up in Batman 48, yeah, yeah, which yeah. came out a month ago. Yes. So the fact that... I don't know. I wish this was timed better. I, like, DC... <sighs> DC are generally better than Marvel at it. They're not great, though. No. I don't think either company Actually, you're right. is good at no. timing things. Like, DC have really fucked up this wedding in a bunch of ways. It should be a big deal, but they've already spoiled it. And yeah, they actually just straight up just did a, did a uh, New York Times article yeah. saying what happens in the wedding. I've, not, I've managed to avoid it, but uh, others, others have not. Mm. Um, yeah. My question is, how did the Joker end up in a big thing full of teeth? Why was the Joker in a like a water tower full of teeth? <laughs> when did that happen? Is that I've, read, I've read every single one of these issues. Oh no, it was something that um didn't the Riddler do it to him? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> that's how they. It's a carry on from the last issue. It's I pretty funny. Remember. Yeah, this is like the cutest version of Harley Quinn I've seen in ages, though. Yeah, she I looks love great. Sammy Bradbury, he could do um a Harley Quinn book. Yeah, that'd be Absolutely. great. Absolutely, if if you have, like it. Yeah, but um yeah, and I, I, I love her, her dress as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just and, and the designs of both of them are really good, and I, I liked that. Like this Joker is a lot less of a psychopath than what we've been seeing in Tom King. It's mm-hmm, just kind mm-hmm. of like, I, I don't know. I, I I really enjoyed this this take on the Joker. And I, I like would, that she tries to drown him in pudding. That's yes. very funny. I, I would prefer Tim Seeley's take on the Joker totally. um, to what we've got at the moment because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. It doesn't make sense to have. Uh, like this version of the Joker and Tom King's version of the Joker at the moment. Like this this funny kind of like less insane version of the Joker. Yeah. Suddenly walk into the church and become what Tom King is writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the ultra grim, vicious version. But I'm glad we got this version instead of someone trying to do Tom King's Joker. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so anyway, look, this is a pretty unnecessary miniseries, but there were some fun moments to be had. Agreed. And what more can you ask for, really? Absolutely. I mean, a lot, but <laughs> Um, so Siobhan on this podcast uh, Wait, did you read this? Holy shit Oh, well, with one more, one more DC book Sorry Siobhan sorry. on this podcast uh, Sometimes one of us will read one book that the other one doesn't And often it's because it's an annual Yeah And that's what this is And usually, usually it's me that doesn't do the reading But this is my beloved Teen Titans we're talking about um, So I read Teen Titans Special, number one I'm not looking at that lineup though Justice This definitely isn't your beloved Teen Titans It is not my beloved Teen Titans But this is a team that I could get behind Kid Flash, as in, um, as they refer to him in this, the politically correct Wally um, Kid Flash. What? I know, isn't that fucked up? That's um, fucked. That's also a misuse of the term. But, I know. But like, anyway. also, it's feeding the trolls. That's so. It's a bit fucked that's up. That's dumb. Um, but anyway, Damian Wayne, Wally West, Red Arrow, who's a new character who I'm not super familiar with, unless it's supposed to be Mia. Sorry, unless they make older <laughs> Wally West like. Like a, an actual super racist, yeah, like super like a, like a stand up comedian who always pushes it too far, which I'm kind of on board with. Yeah. That would be funny, but 
<laughs> you can't just say just because that a kid is black, he's not fucking politically yeah, I know. correct. Fucked that, up. That's not Was that in this issue or was that in something else? Anyway, it's in something that I read this week. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah, um, but anyway, Red Arrow is Emiko, who's Green Arrow's daughter with Shado. Okay. Cool character. Right. I like her. So just the three of them. Just the three of them so far. But so this issue has like Emiko um, fighting her mother, Wally deciding that he wants to be in the Teen Titans after he has a fight with um, the other Wally. Right, the politically incorrect, the politically racist, incorrect Canadian racist Wally. Wally. <laughs> after... Um, Wally, the, hand, the older Wally hands over a villain to the Suicide Squad and the younger Wally's like, but they're just going to kill him and the Suicide Squad killed my father. How could you? Um, and then he's like, I'm never listening to the older Justice League anymore. I have to start my own team. It's now going to be the Rebel Teen Titans. It's called like Champions. It. It's called Champions. Uh, anyway, I thought this was good. So what's happened to like uh, Gar? Is that what his name is? Yeah, Gar Logan. Beast Boy. He's going to be on one of the Justice League teams. Oh, that's right. He already is. Yeah, right. Yeah. Sure. So this team is going to be... Kid Flash, Red Arrow, I can't, whoever that one is. The is, that, new, is that Raven? Um, no, no, no. It's the new, uh, like, Native American character oh, okay, from sure. the Teen Titans. Plus Lobo's daughter, Crush. Oh, no. Plus, I don't know who that is. Maybe someone from... Um, Fire Fist or something? or something? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. look, I'm fine with it. Okay. This issue was written by, I think, Adam Glass um, with pencils by Robson Rocha. This issue, I don't think it's necessary for anyone, but I'm keen to see where this team goes. Cool. Awesome. I just saw another book that I didn't read, which looks kind of fun. Charlie's Angels number one. <laughs> okay, I was excited about this. Um, I was excited about it, and then I opened the front page because this is written by... Because Lucy Liu isn't in it. Lucy Liu is not in it, and I'm furious. Um, written by John Lehman. Who's okay, John cool. Lehman Chew. Chew. Thought oh, so. I should check this out. Art by Joe Eisma. Oh, no. Colors by Celeste Woods. Um John Eisma John has been doing um, uh, a Bluffy lot of, for like a billion years. And also uh, a lot of the Archie stuff, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. When and he did that series with um, Nick Morning, Morning, Morning Glories. Glories. So I'm not the hugest fan of his work. I think it's really like static and... He doesn't know what noses look like. faces <laughs> and it's... Uh, I, don't, I don't really understand how he gets as much work as he does. But so I tried to read this because I love, I love the Charlie's Angels concept. I love those movies. Um, but this did... Big Mick G fan over here. Big what now? You're a big Mick G fan. I'm a big Mick G fan. Do you know what that is? He's the director. Yeah, it's good. Sweet. I am a big Mick G fan. <laughs> I love a dumb action movie and I love Cameron Diaz. Um, but I got halfway through this and then I couldn't finish it. Bummer. Bummer. Um, so it's going to happen a lot in this um, episode. <laughs> Great. Looking forward to that. Do a shot every time Siobhan says something is fine or didn't finish a book. Um, on this podcast, we have uh, almost turned into a running joke that no one writes more first issues than Cullen Bunn. Oh, and uh, a lot of them we criticize for being like a cool concept where he does the bare minimum mm -hmm, to turn mm -hmm. it into a story. Mm -hmm. um, and But occasionally, and I, and I feel like and every time I review one of his books, I'm like, you know, like it wasn't bad, but I loved... The Sixth Gun is probably my favorite Colin Bunn mm -hmm, series, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and it never feels as good as that. Um, that was when he was just like firing on all cylinders. It's a great series. Have you ever read it? It's like a Western book no, with like I've, I'm aware of it. Light supernatural tones. It's such a fun page turner. It's really oh. really great action book. Um, and there's it's kind new... of what he's best at, like those kind of crossovery things. Yeah, when he mashups. That's we call him in the, in the biz of being a shit DJ. Um, Shadow Roads is a new series by Cullen Bunn with uh, his regular collaborator, Brian Hurt. Um, in fact, they, they were the two who did The Sixth Gun. Cool. And in fact, this book is a 
not so much a sequel, but it's set in the same world post all of the events many years later after The Sixth Gun, the oh, end of The cool. Sixth Gun. Um, and uh, it's got... Um, uh, so, it's yeah, it's, uh, sorry, it's... Um, it's written by Cullen Bunn and Brian Hurt with illustrations by AC and um, AC Zamudio and colors by Carlos N. Zamudio. Hmm. So the family affair. Um, and uh, this uh, is a really, really greatly, like, well-paced. Did you pick this up at all or no? No, I missed this completely. Really well-paced. Uh, it's still like a, a Western, although it opens up um, first at a, um, basically like a, 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 a an exhibition of the noble savages. Uh, there's a, there's a, a First Nations character uh, in this book, one of the main characters, if not the main character, and it's him with uh, one of his uh, friends uh, in London um, at the British Museum of Natural History, where they're doing a, um, uh, you know, a, 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 a display of, of Indian culture, American mm. Indian culture. Um, and it's pretty crass and he doesn't like it at all. Uh, but everyone else there, you know, given that this is set in, I think, the 1800s, uh, thinks it's incredible. Um, he is then given a- an artifact by another first, an older First Nations man, um, which is a, um, like a, an older weapon um, that begins to glow. And uh, when they're on a train back to the... Back, back, back to the airport or whatever to get home. Um, it, it suddenly turns into a um, like a kind of ghost-heavy, uh, supernatural kind of fight with uh, two characters that I assume were from the Six Gun series that I you know stopped reading before they showed up. Cool. Uh, but uh, having not finished Six Gun, I think I read like the first thirty of the sixty-ish issues that were written of that. Um, this was totally penetrable. Like really, really fun to read. Very well paced. The characters are super. Super well done, and, and the art is just wonderful. Great colors as well. Um, you know, I, I often lament that there aren't enough cowboy comics, and mm. this scratches that itch. It's a lot of fun, even though there wasn't that much cowboying done in this, uh, which I believe is what they the term. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I know, I know Boy, it's coming. Boy, those cows! But they've got there's other like the, the, the supernatural stuff is really great. Like there's like just one guy who's who can talk to ghosts. Nice. And so That's you know, and, and of course, there's plenty of ghosts in the wild, wild west, um, and. Uh, yeah, it looks like there's going to be this fun team up to try and try and you know put an end to a great evil. You know, it's just like a really fun action plot set in a supernatural Western world. Cool. So this book is called um, Shadow Roads. Uh, it made me actually want to go back and finish the Six Gun once I finish these eighty issues of Transformers comics that I've agreed to read. I'm enjoying it though. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so when when I, when I have uh, some spare time when I'm not reading the comics for this show and when I'm not free reading comics about big robots, um, I'm going to try and catch up on six gun hell yeah um let's talk about some dark horse books now we got two number one issues from dark horse um the first of which is called modern fantasy uh this is written by Raphael roberts who you'll be familiar with if you are a reader of valiant comics he's written a lot for them including mostly uh archer and armstrong books uh and we had um art on this by uh kristen goodsnuck good name great name great artist too probably yeah. my favorite thing about this book was her art um and uh she does the colors her own colors as well um, and she this has the letters as well. She's very good at letters. Yeah, the lettering is great. I was reminded me of an Oni Press book. Absolutely. Um, except, uh, yeah. So basically, it's about a like a young girl uh, mm-hmm. who is in a job she hates. Um, yeah, it's like office space. Office, office space. Totally vibes. office space. Except her boss or superior is like this big troll who he's like a Conan the Barbarian type who's like getting ready for all of the feasts. Yeah. This book reminds me of a show, a short-lived show on Comedy Central called Ugly Americans, um, which was, I think, much better than this comic is. But (laughs) um, it was basically about, like, um, you know, our 
day-to-day life on a world just like ours, except there's heaps of demons in it. This is like that, except there's heaps of fantasy creatures, essentially yeah. demons, gross, big gross creatures and magic in this world. Um, and um, one of her roommates is uh, on again, off again with a thief mm-hmm. who steals a like a magic kind of necklace, amulet, amulet necklace thing um, and gives it to the main character. Um, and then the mob, um, a mob of monsters, uh, trying to track the amulet down and uh, roughing up everybody, including uh, her, her housemate and his boyfriend, in trying to find the amulet. Uh, yeah. This was like, I think I, I enjoyed the story. I just think there were a lot of dialogue choices that I found really tedious. Um, a lot of youth dialogue, mm. uh, which uh, which was clearly written by someone who's not necessarily a youth. Um, it's really, really hard to kind of have that youthful spirit, especially when you're trying trying to do different dialogue. And at, totally. one, at one point they start like smoking weed at a party or equivalent of a weed. Yeah, but what did they call it? That was pretty funny. <laughs> um, Siobhan's going to find out what they call weed. Cause Some she, kind of wizard pipe. Dank crystal. Dank Crystal. <laughs> Would either of you like to smoke a bowl? But Hell it's funny yeah! Because he looks like he's from the Dark Crystal. That's true. That's good. <laughs> um, I mean, this was this was pretty silly and pretty forgettable, really. Like, yeah. I think that there's much better youth-focused titles. I'll, I'll give this one more issue. I'll just uh, continue reading Boombox books because yeah. this kind of that kind of scratches the, the itch that this is going for. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of itches. <laughs> I know this is, oh, man. Tell me about it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I got two kids at daycare and, and, and a wife who teaches a kindergarten class. They're bringing home all kinds of things to my house. Mm, horrible. Uh, the final Dark Horse book this week is one called Bedtime Games. This is written by Nick Keller. Uh, with Levin's told me I didn't have to read this. Connor Lo- Nolan and colors by Kelly Fitzpatrick. Um, and this is set in Multnomah con- country. Um, I don't, uh, no significance of what that is. Mm. But um, what started out as like quite a fun kind of light. Again, um, uh, three younger characters. We have uh, um, two boys and a, and a girl, all of whom we kind of have flashbacks to their horrible moments in their life. The girl loses her mother in a, in a robbery gone wrong. And uh, one of the other boys, um, younger brothers, is dying. Oh, no. um, but the three of them skip school to try and... Uh, break a kind of break into this magical magical room basically like it's like, it has like a magical symbol on it and they have to steal a magic key to get in there um and uh when they finally do get in there uh they've like unleashed a monster um well so, that was that was impossible for them to be able to tell but the monster's name is mr bedtime <laughs> um Sexy. and he's like this kind of like gross looking I guess like he's like, like, like he's escaped from like a psych ward. He has like a belt around his. It looks like he's face. made of teeth. Sure, maybe maybe tell. the Joker made him in that <laughs> at the start of that last. But, but, but it right. doesn't look very good. Was it very good? I really liked the dialogue between the characters, but it's the opposite of of, uh, of how I felt about modern fantasy. I didn't like the story mm. of this at all, and I especially didn't like as it became more and more of a tropey kind of dark horse horror book. Yeah. Um, and the idea of like the first person that Mister Bedtime goes after is the boy's sick younger brother. And I was like, I don't want this, so I'm not mm. going to continue reading this one. Nice. But I, I thought Connor Nolan's artwork was uh, pretty cool, like a kind of like like a more dark horsey, classic kind of version of like Lock and Key almost. Mm. Yeah. Actually, this reminded me a bit of Lock and Key, except I'd much rather read Lock and Key to scratch that itch, if you will, because <laughs> um, I'm all out of topical ointments. <laughs> <laughs> they don't work on me anymore. Um, <laughs> the grossest uh, of all time. I didn't read any more number ones. I'm just well. How about I? I started to read. 
um, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 25th anniversary special. Um, and then you realize no one cares about Power Rangers. Well, I mean, people do. I'm not one of them. Yeah. Uh, Although they did do ones in the past where they had like indie collaborators. Like, I remember there's a great James Kachalka um, mini comic about putties. Yes. That, that's Even weird. That Kelly Thompson Pink Ranger series was well, That was pretty fun, yeah. But this is like, there's some good people like contributing stories to this. Like, Cena Grace writes and draws oh, um, cool. a story. Um, and uh, a few other creators that we really like, the Joe Quinones and his sister. But it was just very much like something for a Power Rangers fan um, and nothing for, you know, to help someone like me get into it hmm. uh, so I didn't read much of that um, and I also tried to read uh, or got halfway through um, the latest uh, release from Hard Case Crime which is the uh, crime uh, offshoot label of Titan Comics in which they kind of do comic book adaptations of uh, of, uh, of crime novels mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and this is Mickey Spillane's Mike Hammer which was written by um, Max Allen Collins with art by Marcelo Salaza and Marcio Freire Freire and um, this was just an absolute by-the-numbers, like, noir detective story that I didn't feel like did enough to kind of warrant publishing a book in in, mm. in 2018 where, like, you know, uh, the detective kills the femme fatale before she kills him in, like, the first yeah, yeah, yeah. five pages. I was just right. like, oh, I've read this before, whatever. There's so many better noir crime comics to read. Yep, to, if you have an itch, got for example. Itch. Um, so I did not read much of that Anyway, that's first nice. things first And now we move on to a little game Called Roll the Dice For Marvel, Image or DC In which we Aww, yeah. in which we roll the dice To decide whether which which uh, publisher we review next And uh, first up we're going to review Image Cool Great Image Week this week Yes uh, Then we're going to do Image again uh, That is DC So Marvel, DC Sorry, Image, DC and Marvel Nice um, And we kick things off with a review A shorter review um, of Kill or Be Killed, issue number 20. This is the final issue of um, the great series by uh, Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, and Elizabeth Breitweiser. I say short because as soon as we hit stop on this recording, Siobhan and I are going to do for the first time ever a spoiler cast. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like we talk about it all the time. So often we will be, you know, reviewing a series week to week, and especially with image books, we never really get a chance to probably delve into how specific story beats or character moments made us feel because we don't want to spoil it for a majority of our listeners who mm-hmm. read and trade. But I thought every now and then when a, a series that we've really enjoyed or, you know, or, or, you know, or read the entirety of uh, on the show finishes, we could do an actual, just a, you know, uh, its own discussion, uh, a spoiler discussion of, of said series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, starting this week um, and maybe we'll try and do this, you know, every, every time one we, one book we enjoy finishes up, we'll, we'll do a little spoiler cast about it. Yeah, cool. And we'd like to get uh, listeners to contribute, um, a few did for this episode. But yeah, once uh, once you finish listening to this episode, head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash podcast, and uh, you'll find, I'll probably upload that there this week, and uh, I might, up, might, if you're good, if everyone's good, if we get enough people you yourselves. giving a few bucks our way, um, I'll uh, upload um, our spoiler cast to the regular feed later in the week or next week. Cool. Um, but yeah, Killer Be Killed, issue number 20. Um, this was a series that uh, we just adored. Yes, um, if you from <laughs> bet this is a good crime comic. Yes, absolutely. Um, if, so consider that itch scratched. Mm-hmm. Um, but Killer Be Killed was a comic that I was not sure on um, at the, when it started, and mm. I'll go into that in the spoiler episode. But uh, it, you know, it was it was told from the point of view and heavily narrated by this uh, character of Dylan, who uh, fought with a literal demon um, and a, the demon that told him he needed to kill um, and. This was a kind of exploration of 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 madness and 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 mental health and crime and mm-hmm. 
we introduced to a, a lot of different characters along the way. Uh, and as an ending of, of a comic, this kind of was what I was expecting and also not what I was expecting at all. But a great finish. Yeah, a really, really great finish that, that stayed true to having Dylan as this unreliable narrator throughout mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. entirety of the run. Um, Sean Phillips's art was brilliant from, like, you know, this is, I think p- him paired with Elizabeth Brightweiser is the best his art has ever looked. Agreed. Um, and they've announced uh, a new graphic novel and a new uh, series set in the world of The Fade Out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. coming out very soon. Um, and Elizabeth Brightweiser hasn't been announced as a collaborator yet. So I'm, oh, really? I wonder what they're doing with that. Huh. They're just saying... I ed- think she's ed- working, she's, she's done the graphic novel. Oh, great. She is cool. I, I didn't see that mentioned in the uh, announcement. Is the novel set in the fade-out world or is there an additional series? No, so there's a graphic novel called All My Heroes Are Junkies. That's right. Which is just a standalone crime graphic novel, which mm-hmm. looks totally incredible. Yeah, there's a little um, preview. And then there's also the going to be another monthly series set in the world of the fade-out. Yeah. Um, so I think we should just leave it at... I really, really love this series yes. and I can't wait to talk about it with you in depth Agreed. as soon as we finish recording this episode. So if you want to hear that, as soon as you uh, finish listening to this episode, head to patreon.com slash podcast, kick us a couple bucks and you'll get access to um, a, a platitude mm-hmm. of, uh, is that, does that work? No. no. A bevy? Mm, that's good. Um, of, uh, of, pre-record of, of, of uh, like in you know, a bonus episodes that we've been recording over the last year yeah uh, reviewing um our favorite x-men um mm-hmm. multiple graphic novel based episodes and a whole bunch more so uh, yeah head over patreon.com slash series podcast for the first ever spoiler cast we did and uh make sure you let us know which uh which comic books you'd like us to do in the future one of those comics may be mm. <coughs> saga because this week we got issue number 53 of Saga, which is written by Brian K. Vaughan with up by Fiona Staples. And holy fuck. Man, this is one that you almost need to have a special spoiler episode just to talk about it. This was a classic Brian K. Vaughan fucking up your feelings yep. for the night. Pulling um, your heart out. and But like normally he saves that for like, because always, they always release these in like six issue blocks arcs, at a time. Yeah. This is midway through an arc. Yeah. And... Uh, so much least expect enormous it. eventful stuff happens yeah. in this issue. Um, moments of heroism, of tragedy, um, of just incredible plot moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so many threads of saga that have seemed so far flung and now all coming together. Yeah. When, when this series finally finishes, I would love to rank uh, all of the cliffhangers like yeah. choose the f- top five cliffhangers uh from uh from saga issues mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this one would probably be top at least be top yeah, three holy shit um so yeah i feel like i we can't reveal anything about the plot no but it was i was reading this just before you came here and the final page just made me go holy shit yeah so I, I heard that this is one of those issues and so i read this like almost immediately just to, yeah. out of fear like i don't really care if batman 50 gets spoiled for no, me but I care, I care so much about you know, about not having Saga spoiled before I read it because it is such a, you know, masterful comic that it's just perf- a perfect uh, example of the format. Um, and as much as I expect certain things from Brian K. Vaughan, I'm still always surprised. Totally. You expe- I never, I never you ex- suspect exactly what's going to exactly. happen. Exactly. You expect a surprise, just yeah. not the one that he chooses to go for. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. So much shit happened in this issue. So many surprises, guys. And he suggests that, um, like this, the, in the back matter of this, he talks about... Um, that he's finally 
throwing out all of the um, or recycling, sorry, all of the um, the thousands upon wow. thousands of, of fan mail he's received. Oh my god! Um, you know, after archive, archiving as much of it as he could um, digitally, he's uh, he's getting rid of the physical of it. Um, and then he says that next week there's going to next month there's a huge announcement that he's making. And uh, we had someone in the Serious Issues Facebook group, which you can find at facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues podcast, uh, suggest that maybe this series is going to have an end point soon and that it may be issue 60. Yeah, I heard that rumor as well. Um, I would believe that. I think that that's... I would a- also be totally fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's... I mean, Saga does insinuate that it will go forever, but like, uh, you know, Vaughn is someone that has so many ideas in his head mm-hmm. and certainly this is a series that he could return to at some point in the future. Absolutely. And he's also great at endings. Very true. Um, so I'd like to see how he how he envisions tying all this up. Yeah, definitely. So look, maybe maybe um, after we get the news next week we'll have a uh, next month, sorry, we'll have uh, news of the next spoiler cast to do. Because I, I mean it has to be Saga at some point. You gotta assume, right? Um, also guys, Gus Gus plushies. Are in stock right oh, now. Are they in the store? Oh yeah. fuck yeah! I'm gonna get one yeah, today. They're real cute. I've got the Goose uh, T-shirt which I wear all the time, but I also have like a my thing now is buying obscure comic book toys to give my kids. Yes, please. So I have my daughter has in her room a severed witch head from <laughs> from Headlopper. Yes, please. Um, and uh, her, one of her favorite toys is Lockjaw. Cool. And she just calls it Puppy. <laughs> And then says woof woof. Shatterstar has um, a mouse from Mouse Guard. Oh, that's unreal. That's, one of my that's great. I've, I've got a Usagi uh, Jimbo. Archie, oh, yeah. Archie has a, one of him in his room. Uh, yeah, let us know. If you ever see, please keep us abreast of, uh, of obscure, obscure plushies. Obscure plushies from comic books. I did, uh, I'm, I'm bubbed. I, I missed out on a uh, that weird, the weird chickens, the chogs from, from, from Chew. Yep, yep, yep. I would have wished I, wish I got one of those. If, if you've got a spare, a spare chog, let me know. Um, so now we move on to uh, another book that uh, surprises this week with a kind of extra long, extra long issue. Yeah. Uh, a $4.99 issue of Sex Criminals, um, written by Matt Fraction with Chip Zdarsky. Chip Zdarsky this week really just fucking my it. favorite person. Firing on all cylinders. <laughs> just I so love funny. Him. Um, let, let's start by instead of talking about the, 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 the book, let's talk about the back matter. Uh, of sex criminals because uh, at, in, uh, at the top of all of the letter columns, there are sex tips, yep. which I assume Chip writes most of them. you got to assume. Because the first, well, the last one is sex tip. People, <laughs> I read this out loud. People generally enjoy finally getting to have sex. So why is it called losing virginity instead of winning fucking? <laughs> Hi, I'm Chip and this is my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> I read that out loud to George. He was not impressed. <laughs> it's so funny. It's my favorite. Yeah. It's my absolute favorite. Yeah. But uh, and this this has been a bit of a bummer the series to read because been dealing with with breakups and uh, when you've you know sexual misfunc- uh, dysfunction I yeah suppose. and and also just like you know that almost midlife crisis or pre midlife crisis yeah. uh, time where you you know unsure of what to do with your life and fraction it, just working out his bullshit yeah through issue, to the comic an issue at a time and it's definitely been riveting but it, it's been like this once was the funniest book month to month um, there have been a little laughs. There are still some like good laughs, courtesy of like background characters, like um, uh, Susie's mum. Yeah, is one of my favorites. Definitely, so but good. something tragic to her happens at the start of this. Totally. The start of this issue, but uh, basically it resolves a lot of uh, the last five to ten issues of problems, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and uh, has some unlikely team ups, mm-hmm. uh, and it looks like the finale to the series is going to be a big epic conclusion. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. 
there's some beautiful moments in this. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. John and Susie are two great characters, and what makes them so great is how flawed they are. And you know, when things weren't going well for either or both of them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you just you feel their pain so much, totally. and you want them to be happy. And, I uh, and I, you want them to be together. You want them to be happy together. Totally, and not just them, but all these other characters that we've met along the way, which have totally. been, you know, some of them were background characters, now just feel fully fleshed out. And you know, it, you, they, they are fleshed out by having. To in, like um, work with the main characters mm-hmm, more mm-hmm. and more, so I, I'm looking forward to this. I guess it's going to be the final arc after this. Um, Chip Zdarsky is so good. He, I feel like he is undervalued as an artist. I know you forget that he's an artist first, or you know, to us was was an artist first and foremost. Like you know, I discovered him through this book. But some of the like, some of the the panels in this, and some of the expressions, the facial expression, and the the physical bodies, the different types of bodies that he is able to draw is consistently wonderful and the sort of scenes that are happening inside John's mind are so gorgeous and the bit where I don't even I don't want to ruin it but the panels where you know that when they're yeah, all, the, all the panel when when they're well they, John calls it come town yeah but when basically like <laughs> come world. when it come world that's right um, whenever there's uh, whenever they orgasm they get stuck in a they're able to you know the time slows down Guys, for everyone if you don't else know except, what happens in sex criminals by now there's not much use us explaining it to but you. that's that's in the first issue like, basically the, the two characters whenever they come they uh, time slows down for everyone else and they're able to kind of walk around yeah inside come world. Inside. But um, but, everyone, uh, but I mean like all the other characters panels, call the pacing it. of these like romantic panels is so fucking masterful. Yeah, Chip Zdarsky is so good. Definitely, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out what the I love uh, romance. I love romance comics. I love how many romance comics are around now. <laughs> are they all everyone else calls it the Frozen Realm. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, what about Cumwall? <laughs> God, I love it. So great. So yeah, um, look, this this, this series is is. At, at at very not that it wasn't I always enjoyed it it just like, absolutely I, this is a uh, it's really it's really lovely at the moment and also the motel that they're at is called sleep or fuck yeah okay, sorry <laughs> very good just so good so are those all the image books you read this week uh, I also just got through very quickly um, blood strike brutalists by Michael Fife so this is technically issue twenty three <laughs> um, of blood strike and if you like Copra if you like bizarre ultra gory underground action comics then this is for you because it scratches that itch for me mm. um, and hits a lot of itchy buttons in my brain and I love it the colours are so bizarre I don't really understand what's going on but I like it <laughs> um, so I read a couple of uh, image books that Siobhan does not keep up with yes, please. Um, and uh, the first of which is uh, the final oh sorry no, uh, we're getting to even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Towards the final um, issue of The Wicked and the Divine. This is issue 37. I believe it's going till issue 40. Uh, this is written by uh, Kieran Gillen with art by Jamie McKelvey. Um, and uh, when it started, it was about like... Um, gods reincarnated as pop stars and Mm -hmm. um, it's now been delving into the cyclical nature of gods throughout time. Great. And uh, the way betrayal works to continue this cycle happening on and on again. And we have all these insane reveals of characters actually being other characters and, and, and things that we thought had happened earlier on in the arc have been either undone or... Have, again, another Im- classic image book that I don't want to spoil for anyone. It's so easy to review DC and Marvel books because who gives a fuck? Yeah, it's like, but but anything we spoil is going to be changed in like, you know, three issues. Yeah, totally. There's absolutely. I mean, that's part of the appeal of image books is the permanence that comes with uh, every decision. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this it's just such an exciting book to read now because there's incredible, like you know, Jamie McKelvey is such a great artist, but I feel that like we associate him with like you know oh he does beautiful designs fashion always looks so good his, mm-hmm. his facial expressions are so good and his stylistic choices are amazing but then you forget what a great um action yeah uh cartoonist he is too so there's a wow. these a, a, like there's a great battle that's then interspersed with the history of these two characters as they battle um and cool. it's you know it's just like it's like you know eight pages Gorgeous. long looks just looks fantastic um and yeah, uh, look from from a storytelling point of view, this is incredible to read, uh, and I'm really really loving it. Wicked and the Divine. Uh, I would love for you to try and binge this before the uh, the final issue comes up. When's that? What issue? Uh, three issues from now, I guess. Okay, you can do it. I can give Forty it a go. issues. I d- you would burn through it. Uh, I don't know, probably like six. No. Yeah, I'll give it a go. Descender is another comic uh, rapidly approaching its end as well. Uh, issue 31 came out this week. Jeff Lemire wrote this one with art by Dustin Nguyen. And, uh, yeah, this is all about uh, robots versus humans, specifically the robots who gave um, humans the the technology for AI coming back to destroy humans for misusing it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is a really cool idea um, and uh, leads to some really fun uh, space battles um, drawn by the very, very competent... Um, Dustin Nguyen um, and some devastating uh, emotional moments for our main characters specifically um, Tim and Andy one of whom is uh, a now grown up adult the other is a robot who uh, he had when he was a child yeah so one of them is grown up the other one is still a robot who is uh-huh. like, still like a child um, I've, I've really enjoyed this series and I'll talk about it at length when, when it finishes good issue though Woo. finally Stray Bullets Sunshine and Roses written Your and drawn by David no Latham uh, our good friend Connor has caught up. Oh hell yeah! Proving good that he is—that's why I'm reading Transformers. That's why he's better than us. Because <laughs> he's a massive Transformers head, and he always reads everything I say I love that I wish other people would read. And uh, I got to read some Transformers books now. It's—it's uh-huh. it's the least I can do. Tra- you know what? I also promised them that I would read 
Transformers ages ago. No, I just haven't. More I'm a bad person. Transformers, more than meets eye. It's very, very fun. Um, I'm going to go in in depth when I read more of it for our graphic novel episode whenever we do that. But uh, issue 36 of Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses came out. And um, I just want to point out that like David Laffham, you know, maybe I don't know how, how well known he is as a, as a writer or a cartoonist. Mm. He's done a lot of weird things. He wrote a, a great detective comics run. Um, a long while ago and did a bunch of Marvel Max stuff in terms of mainstream stuff and then a lot of things for Avatar which is just him you know, being gross and scalped or whatever mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Stray Bullets is a uh, a very gritty people call it nihilistic um, crime book um, and uh, we're currently set in the 80s um, and basically like these last 36 issues have filled a gap between like issues 7 and 8 or something of the initial Stray Bullets run which only lasted 40 41 issues Mm -hmm. so we're rapidly approaching the interlude lasting longer than the actual initial run Um, but we met a character at the end of last issue and over this issue we we spend an entire issue with this character up until his death hell yeah um and uh in this issue you you basically you 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 meet him and you're intrigued by him then you learn more about him and the life that he has escaped and is trying to escape once again the uh things that he regards as horrible mistakes that in, in his past that define him as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the tragedy that, that, that ends his life. And, and you really, really grow to love this character and you know that he's not going to last the end of the issue. But um, Laffin does an incredible job of, of making you feel for this character and, uh, and, and, and being devastated when he does die at the end of the issue. So good. I love this series. It's it such a, a special book. It's another one that I wish you would catch up on too. You'd love it. Um, I have to like I got to give you like the doorstop edition of the, uh, yeah, the first yeah, yeah, forty yeah. issues. Look, I'd borrow it. Um, that is it for Image. What do nice. we say next? DC. DC, DC this week. Uh, the biggest, uh, most exciting comic for me this week was um, the the uh, one of my favorite new writers, Brian Michael Hill. Um, is Michael in there? Or is it just Brian Hill? <laughs> Brian Hill um, making his uh, debut um, on Detective Comics after um, James Tinney and the Fourth wrapped up his long run. Um, Mike, Brian Hill comes over to the series uh, via Michael Cray, the uh, Wildstorm series, which I really enjoyed him on, and I think a bunch of Top Cow books before that. Um, but uh, he is joined by artist uh, Miguel Mendoncha on uh, on pencils and Diana Egea on inks and, and Adriano Lucas on colors. And um, this uh, basically, I, I think like, you know, there's all these Justice League books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Apparently, different members of the Justice League are going to be in charge of each team. Yeah. And so, this is now about Batman putting his team together. Okay. And on that team, he has recruited from Metropolis, um, Black Lightning. So, it's almost like it's the Outsiders. So, I don't, I'm not familiar with the character of Black Lightning at all. Um, Have you got any go-to runs or books featuring him that you would recommend? Because I know he has a TV show that everyone quite likes now. Yeah, people say the TV show is really good. My only awareness of Black Lightning is through the Outsiders comics from like a long time ago. I think he also showed up in the JSA Okay. For a little while. I sort of know about him and his family tangentially, but I can't remember why. Let us know if you if there's anything that I should definitely try and check out. Because uh, he's a really, really compelling, cool character, especially Absolutely. in this issue. And his new comic is doesn't do justice, I don't think. Ha right. ha ha. Justice. Great stuff. Thank you. Um, so this book opens with uh, Duke Thomas, a.k.a. The Signal, which I think is a terrible name for it's Duke Thomas. It's a bad name. It's almost as bad as Orphan for Cassandra Kane. Make yeah, her that back sucks. Yeah, um, and uh, she's in this book too, uh, because someone, a new enemy, is trying to take out all of uh, Batman's, the Bat family, yeah. because they make him weak, which is something we've seen a bunch of times before. Whatever, it's very recently as well. In uh, was Justice that? League, 
and also um, uh, the death of the family yeah. run of Scott Snyder's uh, Batman run. But whatever, like it's a pretty. There, there are way too many Bat Family, and I think Detective Comics did it like the James Tinian run did a pretty good job of utilizing them. But like, they don't all need to be around at the same time. Like, yeah, totally. I liked the idea of like Batwoman creating her own team with like Azrael and um, Lucius Fox and like those sort of but go characters. Leave Gotham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave Gotham. Yeah. Go elsewhere. Um, so I don't think they need to be in the, the Detective Comics book. This just didn't, like, I expected big things from Brian Hill, so I was a little bit like, what? This didn't well, that, do much a, for me. Really? As a whole? Yeah. Oh, I really loved this issue. Okay. Um, wow. Angry. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Yeah, oh, it's, wow. Well, well, where between, like, on the spectrum of fines? Medium. Medium fine. Medium fine. Just uh, fine. So, yeah, we have uh, Duke kind of, like, hospitalized at the start of the issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then um, what I loved about this is that it just had so many other characters from outside of, you know, bat books, like Martian Manhunter mm-hmm. um, comes to visit Bruce and Bruce is kind of a dick to him because uh, he, he, he wanted Superman and he yeah. got Martian Manhunter like instead. Cold but I am just happy just to have Martian Manhunter just backing around, hanging out in everyone's books again. Absolutely. But what's up with his weird head gills? I don't know. He can do whatever he wants. He can make his head look fucked if he wants. That's true. I don't know why he would. Though. Um, but yeah, he basically, uh, Batman uh, wants to recruit Black Lightning for this new team that he's starting up. And uh, we see these... Uh, flashbacks uh, of Black Lightning um, trying to stop uh, a a murderer Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. and uh, while he's able to stop the murder he's not able to stop the murderer from killing himself Um, and uh, you know when he he and Batman talk he said you would have figured out a way to to keep the the murderer would be murderer alive and I like the kind of like pointing out the differences between the two characters I think it just sets up something very interesting for for the future of this series. Look, I'll keep reading it, but um, I just wasn't that impressed by this issue. I sort of wanted something a bit different. I don't know what. For me, I kind of... I, I, like the, the book ends with um, someone trying to take out Cassandra Cain, yeah. uh, which I reckon they'll have more trouble with because Cass is probably a more skilled fighter totally. uh, than, uh, than Duke. But uh, if this is like... Black Lightning being like the voice of reason to Batman being like, you know, you have too many children that, mm. that, that, that are, you know risking their lives in your name mm. and him being because Black Lightning is a teacher yep. um, as well as a superhero I think that could be a really interesting series Yeah, but who knows where he's going to do with it I, I, I really enjoyed this issue and I thought um, the art um, totally felt in line with something that we would have gotten on during James Tinney in the fourth run in fact it looks like one of the artists we it probably does. we probably did get issues from this guy but I, thought, I think it really works for this book mm-hmm, mm-hmm. looking forward to more of it the Man of Steel, issue number five of six. Adam Hughes. Adam Hughes uh, collaborating <laughs> with Brian B- Michael Bendis on this one. Definitely a Michael in there. Yes, um, definitely a Michael in there. So we've got one issue left of this series, which has just been super great. fun. It's just so great. not what I was expecting from this at all. It's not delving into what makes Superman Superman or creating some ridiculous status quo change up for the character, although give him, give him time, he might do it in the next issue. But uh, it just feels like a really classic Superman story. There is this big... Fuck, I wish Adam Hughes was doing the interiors all the time. It's so good, isn't it? Look at what a treat. sexy, muscly lady yep. fire chief. Mm. <laughs> fire chief is a good superhero name. That's a good superhero name. I'm the chief of fire. Um, but... Yeah, it's just like there's like this big scary alien who's trying to wipe out all of uh, all existence of what remains of Krypton, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Superman and all all other like what what what's left of Krypton trying to take him out. Uh, 
It's really, really fun. It's really good, guys. Um, there's going to be some big reveal with um, with Superman's dad and, and Superman's son in the next issue, I guess, because mm-hmm. it's kind of been hinting towards it the whole time as we get more and more of this one uh, scene. The one complaint okay. I have of this, there were, like, one of the funny things that Bendis brought to a lot of comics in Marvel was that some characters, for whatever reason, swore in Yiddish sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at, one, right. at one point... Barry, the Flash, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, says. Yeah. So, so uh, while, while Superman is yeah. hospitalized, um, they're all kind of like trying to like figure out what he's doing, what, what what's wrong with him, and someone says maybe his power source is limited, and then the Flash says <laughs> maybe he's full of caca poo poo, <laughs> and then which is also like that's Barry. <laughs> I know, but I don't, <laughs> not even Wally. <laughs> yeah, and then that was impulse, maybe. Yeah, it's not even it's not even classic politically yeah. incorrect. <laughs> Um, you know, cultural appropriating Yiddish uh, Barry, uh, Wally West. That's just bizarre. No one, no one says that. And then, also, surely that's the Flash symbol on the moon. Why did no one think that that's the Flash symbol? Yeah, it looks, it looks like, exactly like the Flash symbol. Well, you, you think this big monster is going to have a tide of flashes? I think flashes? Flash. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, <laughs> no, sure. Yeah, someone's fl- someone swapped the Flash with an old Jewish man, <laughs> and the real Flash is on the moon. Yeah, caca poo poo. Bizarre. Really weird. Like, why not just if if you want to say maybe he's full of shit? Yeah, is yeah. What he's saying? <laughs> maybe I don't know. Why he's like Superman's like? Why would Superman be lying about being unconscious? Maybe he was talking about the other guy. The other, the bad guy is full of caca poo poo. That's all I'm saying. Right okay. Now. Anyway, it's not good. Oh, I see what you mean. Yep. Cool. All right. Whatever. Weird. <laughs> the Man of Steel, number five or six, mostly aside from one, two, two. Two word balloons, very very good. Absolutely, and I've also been really enjoying the sort of uh, covers, which are all paying homage to like classic Superman um, story arcs and stuff. It's good fun. Good fun. Um, so now we're going to talk about some New Age of Heroes books. In fact, the only two that we read, I think. Yep. I think I remember we read the, the Unexpected. Did we still read that one? That one was kind of okay. No, I don't read that one. Uh, the Terrifics is the first one we're going to talk about. Issue number five came out this week, which has been written by Jeff Lemire with art by Doc Shayner. Uh, he made his debut on this series uh, three issues in or four issues in, and it immediately went from like, this should be good, but I'm not enjoying it, to I fucking love this I, book so much. It's the best. And this issue was far and away the best issue so far. Yep. Um, it, it's, it, it's, it's kind of like the DC take on the Fantastic Four. You have Mr. Terrific, Phantom Girl, Plastic Man, and Metamorpho. And it plays with the idea of there being four characters by divvying up the panel structure into four panels. And seeing what is going on with each of them at that time until they are forced to come together to be a team. And I just thought it was such a brilliant, brilliant mechanism. It was really, really fun. And, and uh, when they do team up, like I just I love Doc Shainer's art so I much. I love Doc Shainer's art. So much. So they go to a world. Well, sorry, it's, uh, there's a monster that's leaked that that's escaped. That um, is kind of the reason why Metamorpho has his powers, and so everyone has different Metamorpho powers mm-hmm. in the world, and uh, it's affecting you know the town. It's just so fun um, getting someone who has like who's super visually creative, having both Plastic Man and Metamorpho on one page. Like, yeah. that's super cool. It's super fun. When they when they all dive into battle, and so you have, like, Mr. Terrific jumping out, you know, with these weird balls around him, and then uh, yeah. Phantom Phantom Girl, like, kind of surfing into the, into the scene. Um, Metamorpho kind of, like, powering chest first with mm-hmm. a big green cloud behind him. And then you have Plastic Man, who just is wearing a diving outfit, like, <laughs> doing a cannonball into the, into, into the, the battle. So much fun! So many great visual points like that. At one point, Plastic Man turns into a um, into a hot air balloon mm-hmm. and is talking to Metamorpho, who is a wall. Yep. <laughs> uh, 
just it's such a brilliantly fun series and it's such a shame that they didn't launch this with Shayna. I know, bizarre. Because it would just would have been choice. celebrated so far instead of this being like, oh, now this comic is good. Yeah, I wonder Ivan how many Reyes people... is, is not a bad artist. He just is not who I would have put on this. Exactly, and I wonder how many people were put off by the art. Not that Ivan Reyes is a bad artist, but it, it it gave a very different sort of vibe to the book. You almost didn't get the um, sort of Fantastic Four reference. And well, Le- Lemire's writing felt boring as well when he was yeah. doing the art too. It was very strange. But uh, this is so much now it's fun. Gorgeous. And the colours. We need to shout out the colorist. Nathan the color- Fairbairn. Oh man, Nathan Fairbairn, the fucking dude. He doesn't do enough colouring these days. Yeah, I know. Um, Man, he's so good. I should have picked that, actually. It's definitely his, his, his colour palette. But uh, I love it. And I love how much, um, like, relationshipy drama there is as well. And look, oh, sorry. I just keep going, how, please. Like, it's the four panel structure, and then the second two of them are in a room together. It's like. It goes, two, becomes goes one, one panel. One big panel, yep. and then two small panels. Just very. Very clever. Yeah, great. Love it. Can we just quickly flash back to the first comment we talked about? Because you, you talking about panels made me go, oh, shit, yeah, I meant to say this. Hmm. Uh, the Century by yeah, Jeff yeah. Lemire. Uh, it opens with the nine-panel grid structure that yeah, we've been yeah. seeing a lot of on Mr. Miracle recently, and you mm-hmm. could say that those two are quite similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the Vision um, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. was a nine-panel structure as well. And I was like, oh, no, is this going to be nine-panel? And then it immediately gets rid of it. I feel like, do you reckon that was a kind of like telling reference to what Tom know. King is doing? I don't know. I, I feel like so. reading it back because it has the narration over the top of it and everything, it feels very, very like like it knows what it's doing. Totally. Who knows? Uh, another New Age of Heroes book that we've been really enjoying since it started, very surprisingly to us, and every issue I'm like, yeah, I still love this. Still love it. Uh, is The Silencer, which has been written by Dan Abnett with um, art by... Uh, Victor Bogdanovich. Victor von Bogdanovich. Colors and, uh, by Mike Spicer. Yeah. Um, and this is uh, about an ex-assassin uh, who has left the life of being an assassin to raise her family, um, but she has a power set, which is being able to put people in like a sphere of silence where mm-hmm, they he- mm-hmm. don't hear anything. Hence, she's called the silencer. And uh, she has ties to being in Leviathan with Talia al Ghul. Um, and this sees the two of them uh, trying to escape a bunch of assassins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and there's a big kind of like, holy shit moment uh, towards the end of this. Uh, like, you know, she's, she, yes, this character is a mother, but in order to escape this past life, she'll do anything. And that mm-hmm. even means killing people that you would not expect her to kill. Totally. Or trying to, at least. Um, I love this series. It's so good. It's really good. Victor Bogdanovich is incredibly talented. Like, there are some panels in this that are just so great. There's a panel where she's driving home after having just been involved in this insane mega assassin fight in a diner and she's driving in the front seat and her kids in the back seat asking her like you know hilarious dumb baby questions and her face is just completely covered in shadow and you can just see her eyes <laughs> and it's so like um foreboding yeah definitely and i love that while while he's asking her questions the son is playing with uh, a new superman and a chinese batman um, yeah. figure which was which is the book that uh we were introduced to uh, or i was at least victor bondanovich on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah great book man so really good. great um so over to young animal now and uh are you still keeping up with oh you've read all right before we no, do you know what? i started reading batgirl this is the first issue since um hope larson Left. Oh, right. Um, so now this is written by Sean Aldridge with art by Scott Godlewski. Look Godlewski. at that guy's beers, beards. They're still doing hipsters. Exactly. I, I gave up pretty quickly. Do you just feel like a Hope, Hope Larson cover song? Yeah. That's some cool art, though. Yeah, it's okay. Babs looks cool. Babs, lo- Babs it's hard to get Babs wrong. She's great. And you I say like that now. That still I'm sure doing... we can find some examples. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I like that they're still doing sort of uh, the thought bubbles for her, but it just didn't, it just didn't heaps appeal to me. Now I'm thinking about when I've seen Bad Babs. 
Oh, and yeah. during during the fight for the cowl, which was the event in which various DC heroes mm-hmm. tried to make up their mind about who should be Batman now mm-hmm. that Batman was dead mm-hmm. many years ago, many um, years ago. There was an issue about, it was either a birds of prey issue or something. I've got it in a trade. And within this issue, there is a shower scene featuring a wheelchair bound Barbara Gordon. Classic. Which is like, you know, with like conveniently placed soap and water (laughs) running down her body. Very strange. Odd. Very weird editorial choice to include that as the the panel. Anyway. Always, always you're like, why? Why are they in the shower in this bit? Why was that necessary? (laughs) Um, Mother Panic, Gotham AD, um, issue number four, written by Jody Hauser, with um, art by Ibrahim Mustafa, and colors by Jordan Boyd. Um, this has seen Mother Panic kind of transported to another world um, many years into the future, mm-hmm. in which uh, Jason, um, what's his name? Todd. Jason Todd is like kind of like a superhero, sorry, a supervillain. Yeah. Um, and uh, in the last issue, he killed the Joker. And now um, Jude Thomas is like a little, a little, little boy Joker. Yeah, that's right. Um, so there's always you know different iterations of of familiar characters uh, in in this dark timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like this. Yeah, Mother so Mother Panic and her weird uh, little sidekick. What is it called? Something Fox the Fennec Fox. Fennec Fox uh, are kind of like trying to uh, like save her mother and get home. Is that the, mm-hmm. is that the end goal for them? I assume so. I don't know. But um, yeah, there's there's some. Pretty interesting stuff here. Jason Todd is uh, a very uh, compelling villain figure totally. uh, because because this is like a, you know, an Elseworlds kind of world. It doesn't matter who he kills, so he kills heaps of people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, fun when he does. Agreed. Death's fun. Absolutely. Two more issues of this left. Um, and, I'll be sad uh, when it's over. I'm, I mean, I, I wonder if they're going to make an announcement related to Young Animal once these finish. You know, is this, is this just a fun experiment or will we get another season of new talent doing stuff I know very strange strange. final DC book came through Vertigo it's the final issue of Astro City which they made it to 52 issues pretty impressive pretty impressive Um, and and kind of poignant given Mm -hmm. that it's a DC book making Mm -hmm. it to 52 Um, but uh, they are going to be making the move to graphic novel format from this point forward Um, of course this is a book started by Kurt Busiek um, and Brad Anderson many many years ago Um, I want to say two decades ago Um, and every cover is by Alex Ross doing I know a lot of people aren't fans of Alex Ross but I I love all of his Astro City covers are awesome I love every cover that Alex Ross has ever done but interiors I could leave in oh I see what you mean yeah cool All right. Um, but yeah so this uh, this book focused on um, a character that we met um, in a in a very older issue of Astro City, who runs a support group for those who have uh, been affected by loss uh, due to supervillain behavior in Astro City, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he revealed something about himself, um, and that is that he started this group after he lost his wife to like a continuity changing okay. event. So while he has a memory of his wife, um, she doesn't exist. She never existed. Mm. And um, when he reveals that to his his kind of like class, not class, but his group, yeah. a lot of them don't accept that as real as a tragedy as real as theirs. Mm. Um, and uh, there's a great character um, who's almost like a mix between, like I guess like the, the Phantom Stranger or um, or the Watcher, mm-hmm. but he's called the Hanged Man, and he's just a man with like this big creepy figure who floats Spooky. with a with a it's noose like a hanging around his head. Yeah, a Spectre too. Yeah. Um, and uh, he kind of like over, over, over what, like over, look, watches over parts of Astro City and mm-hmm. he makes sure that 
this man who who runs a support group has been looked after all these years. And it's really, really sweet. It's a great cool. way to kind of cap off this series and it also teases the graphic novel that they're going to do next, which is going to be about a uh, hero called the Enforcer. And um, there's a brilliant moment featuring uh, this like weird... Uh, fourth wall breaking character that they've been that they introduced uh, at the start of this 52 issue run um he has a great kind of like farewell as well um i really enjoyed this issue it's really good i um i'll be bummed to not get this every every month but um you know they're still going to be doing more tales set in astro city uh employ everyone to at some point in their lives read astro city from start to finish because there's some if you're a fan of superhero comics you'll love it yeah cool um, I also read a Vertigo book just quickly i read the final issue of motherlands issue six written by how quickly did you read it um, it's a Spurrier book, so probably not very quickly. No, it takes a little bit of concentration. So this is written by Cy Spurrier with art by Rachel Stott, who I love. Rachel Stott is great. She draws some really icky aliens. Cool. Very imaginative. Uh, colors by, by Philippe Sobrero. So this is the mother-daughter bounty hunter team-up book, mm-hmm. um, which ended very emotionally and very beautifully but also in a really fun action-packed kind of shootout i love sisburia i think that he's a bit genius and um she you know anyway our main character like ends up killing her brother while she's naked and it's just (laughs) great it's just so good so fun i really highly recommend people check this out because it's just something different and it's a six issue mini that is incredibly satisfying and well worth the read. Is it the final? Yeah, yeah final cool. issue. Happy with the happy, ending? Happy, super happy with the ending. Great. I think he nailed the ending. This could go elsewhere or it could finish right there. And either way, it's um, it's a big win. Cool. Unreal. Uh, so now we're going to talk about Marvel. Um, and we're gonna, there's a lot of big Marvel books this week. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And But I want to start by talking about uh, the book that I was not sure on and that this week I think had its finest issue. And now mm. I'm very glad I'm still reading it. Uh, I stopped reading it. <laughs> Venom, issue number three, written by Donny Cates with the fucking one of the best choices of artists for this book, Ryan Stegman on art. Um, and then... Uh, um, inks by J.P. Mayer and colors by Frank Martin, a great art team uh, that gives us just incredible pages cool. of just like, you know, venom, tenderly, goopy, symbiote insanity. Uh, because, Such good art choice. Because we are learning about the the history of the symbiote, where they come from, uh, you know, what, what, what they were intended for. Mm-hmm, and... Mm-hmm. Um, First, we see a brilliant fight between Venom and Miles Morales, uh, where Miles Morales uses, uses his, his Venom sting Great. against against Venom, um, and uh, then we meet this like awful big Venom monster that's like attacking the town. And uh, look, light spoilers on this, but this is kind of going to dictate where the rest of the series is going to go, and I'm I'm pretty happy with it. Um, after um, Miles and Venom attack this big monster, um, this big, spooky, like almost like crow-esque figure emerges Ooh. from the monster and we learn that he is kind of like controlling the monster remotely from far, far away. And uh, it's revealed on the final page in a brilliant reveal. No, he's, he's billions of years ago. Uh, he's the god of the symbiotes. Cool. It's so silly. That's silly. And Donny Cates is just so good at doing yeah. silly so well. Um, I just it's, feel like pushing the fucking, what's the, what is a good term? What is a good phrase? Pushing the limits, pushing the box. Yeah, totally. Pushing the whatever. But just, and like, boundaries. He, he's so many times that I've like gotten the final page, instead of being like, oh, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, I just, <laughs> I'm just like reduced to the most primal, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. dumb, dumb idiot, but I love it. Yeah. It's so, so good. so good. He really, really, 
you know, if, if you are a fan of this kind of comic, he just knows how to make you enjoy it as much as possible. Absolutely. Um, and in fact, the Cosmic Ghost Rider series that he exactly. did is coming out this week, which I'm is so really, really cool. Um, so yeah, great issue. Um, if you dropped off after a slightly disappointing uh, first two issues, considering how great every other book he's done for Marvel so far um, has been, Venom is as good as all the other stuff to me now. Um, super great. I'm really glad I read it. Goddamn. Let's talk about Thor, issue number two, written by Jason Aaron with uh, new artist Mike Del Mondo, who came on board last uh, issue. Um, and he has been drawing the hell out of hell um, sure because been. that is where uh, the brothers Odinson, Thor, and Loki find themselves and reunited with many other uh, dead family members uh, and friends um, mm-hmm, down mm-hmm. in hell as they kind of prepare for a big battle with, um, what's his name? The bad elf, the dark elf. Malekith. 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 Um, and uh, man, I love, uh, like, I loved Westworld, which, which was that um, Weird World, sorry, Weird yep, World, yep, yep. that awesome series that Mike Del Mondo did uh, two two editions of, mm-hmm. um, one written by Jason Aaron, but he, it just allowed Mike Delmano to just let loose and draw a whole bunch of insane shit, and that's exactly what it is in this issue too. So, like, Definitely just to look at, this was amazing. Like, at one point you see, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tia, one of the other Odinson brothers, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. jump into the battle while riding a big dead dinosaur, which yep. is great. Just, like, super fun. To, and Scourge has a... Um, like a monster truck that he drives mm-hmm. in hell. So much fun. So stupid. And also I've just finished, uh, recently finished playing the video game God of War, which okay. is all set, has heaps of like Norse mythology. Um, and uh, in it, you the, two of the levels are Niflheim and Muspelheim. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, they're both like, like they're going to feature heavily in this arc, I think, which is cool. It's cool when two, two things kind of help like aid your enjoyment of the other. Absolutely. You know what I think is the thing um, that Jason Aaron gets really fundamentally about Thor that I don't know if has necessarily been appreciated enough, but the relationship between Thor and Loki and how sort of they're stuck in this endless cycle where Thor kind of always will trust Loki. Mm -hmm. He will always give him that second chance, um, even while being like, this is the last time, brother. Every single time he's still going to give him a chance. And I think that um, Jason Aaron kind of gets that. Uh, they, kind of over the top symbolic nature of their I'm, relationship. I'm sure it has happened, but have, has there ever been a story where Thor betrays Loki? I don't know. I would like to read that. That'd Me be too. fun. Um, but I'd also yeah. love it if we could get like Lady Loki back again. Well, in fact, we, we do get some uh, references to Lady Loki um, because uh, we see uh, some returning characters come back into the fold mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. That, that featured heavily during uh, Kieran Gillen's great journey into mystery run. So who knows? Was that when Loki? No, that wasn't Lady Loki. When was Lady Loki? That was uh, it's throughout. It's been happened a bunch of times. Look, he's been a bunch of shit. That crazy shape shifting fuck. <laughs> we got a second issue of Black Panther this week as well. I missed this. this. Is... Fuck. You, you I fu- accidentally you goofed. Up issue one. You goofed and two. you spoofed. Ta-Nehisi Coates uh, doing this book with uh, Daniel Acuna, and the pairing is just so great. Um, I knew that Acuna on the book was going to be the best this series has ever looked, but what I didn't know was that. Coates was going to send Black Panther into the future and into space. And (laughs) if you ever wanted, like, the best Star Wars battle ever, Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. this is essentially like the, um, you know, the the finale of episode three, uh, episode four, New Hope, um, you know, where where, um, uh, Luke leads leads the fight and destroys the, the Death Star, but it's Black Panther at the helm of, of this like incredibly well designed and cool ship. Cool. Um, and, you know, just being an incredible pilot because he's 
powered by the will of the past. Yeah, it's so great. It doesn't really explain why he's so good at flying a plane all of a sudden, but it's awesome fun. And uh, this is just like a really cool and crazy cosmic soap opera Mm -hmm. that I never Mm -hmm. thought Coates would do, but he's doing it very, very well. Cool. (coughs) Really enjoying Black Panther at the moment. In fact, someone... Posted in our group recently. Again, you can find it facebook.com slash groups slash series podcast um, about that they you know that they've read a, a substantial amount of Coates's Black Panther on, but they're not enjoying it. Should they still stick around? And I say, if you're not enjoying that, the you know the first few issues of his run, skip straight to this because it's a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We got issue seven of Marvel Two in One: The Thing and the Two Human Torch, which has been written by Chip Zdarsky, uh, with uh, killer art in this issue by uh, Ramon Perez. Perez. Oh, it was good to see you on Rose again. He's so good. Um, and uh, this arc is now like, it's basically like, it's, yeah, it's it's Human Torch and, and Thing teaming up with uh, Von, Victor Von Doom, Dr. Doom, who is, you know, in his trying to be good Iron Man suit uh, and uh, someone else who was trying to, who kind of tricked them into thinking that they were going to find uh, the Fantastic Four. <coughs> Sorry, the family Fantastic. Um, but she's really got an ulterior motive. She's trying to find a vessel for her brain-dead sister to, to live in. Mm-hmm, or, or mm-hmm. Her, no, her body her dead. Her body dead. Yep. <laughs> her body dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is great, like, big, fun battle arena issue. Yep. Um, with some absolutely killer art by Perez um, and uh, some great moments of uh, between Doom and the and the boys. Yep. How exciting to, like, for, for Chip to get the knowledge that, like, you know, midway through his run, he's going to just be exclusively writing Doom in Marvel comics. I didn't know that. No, as in, oh, like, right, right, in right. this book, he, like, he's not really in any other book at the True. moment. I also like the bit where um, I was about to be like, I would love to see Chip writing Spider-Man. And then I remembered that he is, and I don't really like it. Well, that's but great segue to the next book I'm going to talk about. The yeah. bit where um, Spider-Man comes to visit Alicia, uh, Ben Grimm's on and again, off again girlfriend, who's like, I'm not even really thinking about him. And she's just made like 10 sculptures of him. She's a, she's a blind sculpt- sculptor, she's right? A blind sculptor. How would she know what she's making? It's a very good point. It's all in her subconscious. So um, yeah, really great issue, and I've just been on like a real a chip trip, if you will, I lately. Love chip. Uh, and uh, eat him up. I mean, you know that the, the annual that he did for Marvel Two and One recently, and mm-hmm. last week's um, Peter Parker the Spectacular Spider Man annual. I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to give that Peter Parker Spectacular Spider Man series another shot. I thought about it, but then I was like, uh, Mark Bagley. Well, it's not Bagley anymore. Who is it? It's it's uh, it's never been Bagley. It's always been Cubit. Adam Cubit. That's what I meant. Um, but this is Adam Cubit and Juan Frigeri with finishes by Juan Frigeri. So it's mostly Juan Frigeri, who we are, I like more than uh, Adam Cubit anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, colors mm-hmm. by Jason Keith and Andrew Crossley. Again, written by Chip Zdarsky. And uh, this issue was just like too much going on. There's like weird space robots and oh. uh, Daredevil's in it and Black Panther's in it and Hawkeye's in it. And um, J. Jonah Jameson is trying to be like a hero. And um and and Ironheart's in it like there's just there's just a just too much going too much. on. I feel like I've missed too much of the plot to properly get into it mm-hmm. um, with this new arc. So like- I unfortunately didn't enjoy it as much as everything else he's been doing lately. Whatever, he's still great. He's still great. Uh, Moon Knight number one hundred ninety six. You definitely read this one, right? I sure did. I sure did. Uh, written by Max Bemis um, and uh, with art by Paul Davidson, who did this art on this book and the issue before it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, colors by Matt Lopez. Um, this is just a great Moon Knight series where it doesn't. It's not like you know. I've I've really enjoyed like you know everyone. I love Warren Ellis's run, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was pretty samey from issue one to six. It was a short it was run. A bit but of a like freak of the week. Yeah, and I really, really loved it. Well, I love that. Like, this is just all over the place. Absolutely. Like, arc to arc is just completely different stories. I thought it was going to be delving into the psyche of what makes Moon Knight tick, but it really isn't. This is just a really crazy uh, story fit uh, set in. He's basically 
Moon Knight and his many personalities have been merged with this gross monster and all of their personalities live within this weird world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's up to Moon Knight and his, uh, and his personalities to help them escape it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <coughs> it was awesome. It was really good. It was a great like little two-issue arc. I enjoy that. I love a good, a really solid two-issue arc between big story arcs. It yep. is... Um, Always appreciated by me. And I hope I hope Max Bemis is going to continue writing because I think he's got a really good handle on the character and he's taking it in some really fun directions that um, I've not seen Moon Knight yeah, I mean, be taken before. Not even, like the, not even the character, the characters that make up the yes. character. He's, he, he, I like all of his iterations of all of the mm-hmm, personalities. Mm-hmm. And I like how much they get to interact. Yeah, definitely. It's super fun. And I really enjoyed the artwork, Paul Davidson. A strange choice that I've not heard of before. It looked like, a, you know... Underground 90s comic. Totally. And I think it really, really worked for this issue. The colours um, are like glorious kind of washed out newspaper print almost or something. It's so good. Yeah, totally. Um, and, uh, you know, this is still continuing. The next issue looks really fun and completely different. So uh, go Beamus, go Moon Knight. Hell yeah. Ms. Marvel this week celebrated with a 31st issue spectacular. I read this. Me too. Uh, an oversized 50th issue, actually, um, because it's 50 issues and it's actually started. They just rebooted midway through because it's Marvel. Um, Marvel. But this was uh, written by series regular G. Willow Wilson with uh, extra collaborators from, by collaborations by Saladin Ahmed, Rainbow Rahl, and Hassan Minaj. Then you've got um, artists Nico Leon, Gustavo Duarte, Bob Quinn, Elmo Bondock, and Ian Herring collaborating too. Very great. <coughs> and um, this had uh, Ms. Marvel's parents finally allow her to have a sleepover, mm-hmm. which she hosts so she can talk to her friends about her first kiss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But instead of doing fun sleepover activities, she gets distracted for little adventures, each of which are written by the guest writers. Um, my favorite of the stories was when um, pizza is delivered by someone whose inhuman power is just, she's a, a skunk. skunk. <laughs> and emitting this gross sulfuric smell, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she just whenever she's angry, which is a lot because she emits a sulfuric smell that not makes no one like her. Um, I thought that was a really sweet story mm-hmm, that Rainbow mm-hmm. Rowell wrote, but also a character that I really enjoyed, and I kind of hope becomes totally like a character in in regular comics. Like I would love to see her figure out what actually makes her a good hero. Yep. with this gross smell. <coughs> um, God, Nico Leon is such a good artist. Yeah, totally. But I feel like they don't really expl- they didn't really explore that many like you know because so many hundreds of people got powers during the green mist thing, um, and I would have loved for them to do like more useless power books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it when when someone's in charge of like. Have you seen that movie Sky High? When, nope. Uh, oh man, you would love it. It's like this Disney movie from like ten years ago, and um, it's about like a high school for superheroes, but they get split into two categories: people with useful superpowers and people with useless superpowers, and of course. You know, all the good heroes ones get. End up yeah, the day. it's so good. Classic. You'd really love it. Great oh, cast, yeah. really fun. I should definitely look that up. <coughs> but yeah, it was a really great celebration of the character. I've, I've, you know, I've tapped out Same. The, the last twenty issues of Ms. Marvel's regular comic with the intentions of one day going back and reading it all in one big binge. But this was a great way to revisit the character and remember what makes her so awesome. Absolutely, and like I just, I don't know if G. Willow Wilson gets enough credit for having created like a Pakistani American character who is now a fundamental core part of the Marvel universe and is known beyond sort of just people who read monthly comics. And she's like a, such a good character. She's like one of the most requested characters to make their way over to the movies. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. 
Um, and I love at one point they're making like samosas. Yes. I love samosas. Samosas are delicious. <laughs> um, great issue. Um, really great Thanks issue. so much to... Uh, and I love that... Sorry. I love that her parents know that she's Miss Marvel now and support it. <laughs> yes. So cute. And, and her friends now and too. And friends. Who Just, already did before they revealed it. She revealed it to them. Yeah. Which I thought was sweet. So classic. Secret identities are boring. So boring. <laughs> um, but thanks so much to Rebecca from our group uh, for, uh, for recommending that I read this one. She was like, you're going to like it. She knows Good how much job, I like Rebecca. Rainbow. I like Rainbow. It's a great sentence. Uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur came out this week. Did it? Did you not get this oh, one? Okay, I'm mad. You should because be. this has been sell- this issue specifically got sold out because of speculators. Speculators, because of this character being the first um, appearance of this character. That's so stupid. I know. That's so funny. So uh, Princess Fisk yes. is the name of a new character. That, uh, uh, basically, it's Kingpin's new adopted daughter. Um, oh, I like that she's adopted. I mean, <laughs> adoption is important. Adoption is important. And if we don't see the supervillains of this world setting a good example well, and exactly. adopting, how can we expect others to? Absolutely. I agree. Then your, fa- your family have a lot yeah. of, uh, very strong adoption feelings. Absolutely. So much so that they did it a couple times. Yeah, we got, I got two sick siblings out of that. Um, and uh, Princess Fisk, yes, is Kingpin's new daughter um, who is going to Moon Girl School. Cute. It's been written by Brandon Montclair with the return of Natasha Bustos. And oh, this yeah. book is just... It's the best, it's the best it can be when she's doing the art. Great colors by Tamara von Villan again. Um, but uh, yeah, this is like basically now that Princess Fisk is going to the school, of course, Fisk is mayor in this continuity at the moment. Um, uh, Fisk is like, all schools have to get in line or else they're going to get closed. And Princess is like, this school sucks. It's going to get closed. And so the, ne- it, the next five issues are going to be about M- Moon Girl and her friends trying to save her school, save their school from a bratty like Kingpin Jr. I love it. It's so much fun. It looks great. It does a great issue. I'll leave this one for you to read before you Thanks. head home today. Moon Girl, Moon Girl, another fucking brilliant new Marvel character. Yeah. God, can you imagine how much fun having her around in the uh, MCU would be? It would be so good. Yeah. Um, so you read two Marvel books that I did not? Oh, you didn't read Infinity Countdown Dark Hawk? I like... I didn't read the second issue. I made it through like three pages in and I was like, I don't need to read this. Yeah. No, you didn't. I'm trying to remember if I actually did read this. Uh, Yeah. Look, I mean, it was largely fine. (laughs) We're getting, it's just counting down to like all these bros who are like the collector and the grandmasters, other family members, the in-betweener, the champion, the runner and the gardener. Oh, that sounds fun. I actually might read that. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) That sounds fine. I'll read it. I love, I love uh, medium tier fine books. Yeah. Yeah. Totally fine. I also half read um, Mystery in Madripoor, Hunt for Wolverine, issue two, written by Jim Zub, art by Tony Silas, colors by Philippe Sobrero. This is but all the it girls? It just is so boring. Yeah, right. Um, so I just skipped the Because girls, girls are boring. Girls are boring. I hate girls. <laughs> Bring back the all-male X-Men team. Yeah, it's X-Men. Thank you very their much. their dongs out. I'm sorry. I loved it. Anyway, Pat shows up at the, on the final page. Dong in or out? In. In. Which I think is very <laughs> a, a out of dong in patch. Everyone knows that patch has his dong out at all times. Uh, let's talk about other publishers now. We've got two books. One of them is from Dark Horse. One of them is from Valiant. Have you got any more than that? I have two Dark... I have two Valiant books and one Dark Horse. Uh, so let's talk about Valiant first then. Um, Harbinger Wars, number two. Number two. Came nice. Out. Two, two. Uh, written by Matt Kemp with up by Thomas Giarello, Diego Rodriguez, and Renato Guedes. This is like a good version of... Um, <laughs> Civil the War. The Inhumans thing. Oh, the X-Men versus Inhumans? Yeah, yeah, sure. Or even Avengers versus X-Men. Yeah. Because um, basically, Harbinger, um, uh, a, to be a Harbinger is to basically be a mutant in the Valiant universe. Um, to be a Psyot. A Psyot, yeah, that's right, sorry. Um, and uh, 
uh, basically all the Sayats are being ra- rounded up by the government and either killed or, or detained. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so some pe- some heroes in the Valiant Universe have aligned with... Um, Livewire? With Livewire, who is kind of trying like, to protect all the Sayats. And then... By uh, doing, and doing it in a very aggressive way by... Uh, Turning off all of the power in America. That's right. Hilarious. Real good. Um, and then uh, other other heroes um, are trying to take the take the sides down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we see a brilliant um, showdown between um, uh, Ninjak and uh, Peter from Harbinger, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the Harbinger book, <clears throat> which I really enjoyed. It was really cool seeing the extent of, the extent of Peter's powers in mm-hmm, this book mm-hmm. um, as he gets in everybody's mind trying to attack him. Um, and uh, yeah, there's just a lot, a lot going on in this really book. Interesting art, really great. Yeah, GRL is really like when he when he's given more things to do. I, I think he did the Exo Manor War book, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I thought was a bit static at some point. Yep. But um, this is really really fun and vibrant. Uh, and yeah, it's just a really really great great way to kind of see all the um, Valiant universe interacting together. Yeah, it's there's like a, a proper event. There's a cool cliffhanger at the end, which you totally wouldn't have gotten unless you've read very specific Valiant books before this mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. Do you know who that is in that final page? Um, 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 yes, 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 I do, because she was in that um, Shadow Man eventy one. Oh, right, cool. Okay, great. There you go. Which I'm into. Hashtag, hashtag Siobhan knows. Hashtag Siobhan knows some things, but can't remember the names of them. Um, I also read Quantum and Woody issue seven. Uh-huh. Written by Elliot Rahal, with art by Francis Portella, colors by Andrew Dollhouse. So I was loving this series, but then Elliot Rahal took over and it stopped being funny, so I stopped reading it. Yeah, this is a weird, this is a weird book. It's like an alternate universe where Quantum and Woody don't remember. Oh, it's like inside their brains or something. And it's like the perfect universe that Quantum wants, where he's like a superhero and um, Woody's just like a loser. Some cool layouts in there. The art looks pretty yeah, good. Yeah, the art's actually pretty good. And it's like... It is uh, more serious than we are led to expect from a Quantum and Woody book, but um, it's pretty good fun. I liked it. Has some good flashbacks to like great arcs in the past. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep reading it. Cool. Finally, on the show, we're going to talk about Blackwood issue number two through Dark Horse, written by Evan Dorkin with art by Veronica and Andy Fish. This is uh, the series Magic College. Magic College, um, and uh, basically, a, a bunch of a bunch of students have received mysterious scholarships to a college. Um, and none of them think they deserve it, but they all show up anyway because they've got nothing better to do with their lives. And once they get there, a whole bunch of crazy supernatural bullshit goes down. Um, and uh, they're right now, right in the middle of it, and they find out that they've been cursed mm. by like the kind of like dying zombified dean. <laughs> um, and it's really great. It's, like there are yeah. some you know high comedy moments, but it is quite dark and and, and grim and kind of sad. But mm-hmm. but while still being a really fun adventure that you can't wait to read more of totally and beautifully colored oh man the oh, this is like veronica fish doing like korea best work yep um she, she's always been good but i veronica especially and andy fish yeah totally andy fish. <laughs> her brother i imagine or, or husband or son or dad mm. or so or sister cousin cousin wife yep daughter grand daughter stranger wow stranger with the, the same name alias maybe okay Keep well going. let us know <laughs> Imaginary friend. Anyway, it's great. I love it. It's a really, really good series and uh, a four-issue limited series that I reckon this for sure. Oh no, is it? no, it's not limited at all. It's ongoing, hopefully. No, it says two or four, two or four. But I reckon this is definitely uh, the kind of book that could uh, return time and time again for little adventures set in this creepy college. Absolutely, it has potential. And there was a great Declan Shalvey and Jordi Belair variant cover um, around. If you can track that one down, it's very good too. Nice, cool. Those are all the comics we're going to talk about. This week, I hope Ooh. you enjoyed our our in depth analysis. It was a great week. Yeah, it um, really was. 
but uh, I've got uh, a little list of books that uh, I've uh, I've put down my order for for this week. Mm-hmm, got mm-hmm. it in nice and early to keep Jim happy. Um, and uh, besides Batman Fifty, we've also got Catwoman Number One written and drawn by Joel <gasps> Jones, which is super exciting. We also have Cap- Captain America Number One written by Tanahisi Coates. <gasps> Um, Cosmic Ghost Rider by Donny Cates. And also, um, uh, Donny Cates is doing Death of Inhumans, number one, too, which apparently has made him cry as he writes it. Oh. Um, We get an Elvira, new Elvira comic. I know. Oh, you know what else I read? What's that? I read that new Vampirella comic. Don't do it, guys. It's fine. I read it, (laughs) so you didn't have to. Well, what tier fine is it? Uh, negative fine, <laughs> anti-fine, okay. not fine. Um, we get uh, the finale of Bendis' Man of Steel book. Um, there Bendis is a new book that the team up of Joe Casey and Ulysses Farinas for Image. Oof, um, it's called New Lieutenants of Metal, which looks pretty cool. Um, and there's a new um, Black Hammer spin-off book called Quantum Age. Cool. So I'm always excited to read more from uh, Jeff Lemire's world there. Um, yeah, a whole bunch of uh, great books coming out. A new Highest House, which I'm very excited about yes, too. Yes, please. It's going to be a good week, everybody. Sure is. And uh, if you want to find us online and tell us how good this week was, uh, facebook.com slash podcast is where you can find us mm-hmm. or facebook.com slash groups slash podcast. Uh, we are on Twitter at serious underscore underscore issues. And if you want to support us on Patreon, you'll immediately get access to our spoiler episode of... Ooh. Kill or Be Killed by Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, and Elizabeth Brightweiser, which will be going up shortly after this one. Um, yeah, again, that's patreon.com slash serious issues podcast. Um, find us individually on Twitter and Instagram at levdog and at Siobhan CBG. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, tell us how much you love comics and us, I guess. Yep. Thank that's you so much I'm for listening. Here. And uh, see you next week. Thanks, guys. Or immediately after this, if you're a patron, for that Kill or Be Killed spoiler cast. Woo. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. 
For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.